listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 17th of September. You are listening to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Before we start, here's an important message. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Well, it's Friday. That means it's Casual Friday. And uh, John, welcome back to the show. You're even wearing Thanks, like Jose. a very casual and festive like Hawaiian t-shirt there. Yeah, bring in the party to Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we need one and of course um uh, casual friday we tend to have uh well we have so far have a special guest on the show we've got helen from the team at shares hi helen hey there jose so good to have you here hey uh, tell us a bit about what you do in shares at shares so i'm quite new to shares i'm the comms manager so i look after all the fun stuff like media and um our reputation yeah a really important job too. I kind of feel like I need a, 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 a reputation manager, just just personally, sort of hanging on my shoulder. Going, Mate, okay. don't do that. Don't do that. Kind of thing. Uh, really great to have you here, Helen. Uh, awesome. How's how's what's the weather doing down in, in uh, Wellington at the moment? Helen is, of course, uh, in Wellington, and John and I are stuck in Auckland. It was incredibly cold this morning. I nearly died when I took the dog for a walk. I had such freezing <laughs> hands. But it is thawing a bit, I will tell you. That is. But nice to be in level two, I have to eat. Yeah, we're, 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 we're racing to meet you. We'll get there. I'm sure we will. Thank you so much, Helen. So let's, uh, let's, let's kick off. I thought we'd stick around Aotearoa for our first story. John, I hear Air New Zealand has some news. Correct. Air New Zealand has given an update on the impacts which the domestic lockdown and the ongoing suspension of the travel bubble with Australia have had on the national airline. So we've seen what the impact has been in terms of lockdown for the domestic flights, but how much is this actually costing Air New Zealand? They said that the monthly impact of New Zealand being at levels three or four is approximately 45 to $55 million, including the benefit of any wage subsidies received. And turning the microscope onto Auckland, the monthly impact of the city of sales being at levels three or four is in the neighbourhood of $30 million, also including the benefit of any wage subsidy. Oh, wow. So that's every month, those figures there. So you mentioned the, the, the travel bubble earlier. What is the cost to Air New Zealand for that remaining between New Zealand and Australia? Yep. So the monthly impact of the pop bubble is approximately 20 to $25 million. The New Zealand piggy bank must be running pretty low with those ongoing losses. How are they able to continue operating? Great question. So when the pandemic started, the New Zealand government, which is also the majority shareholder in Air New Zealand, announced a $900 million loan facility to Air New Zealand and further increased this to $1.5 billion in April this year. To date, Air New Zealand has borrowed $435 million with a tick over $1 billion still left in the kitty. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, since it's Fun Friday, I've got a question <laughs> for you relating to Air New Zealand. Oh, Tell no. me what your favourite safety video is for Air New Zealand. 
Oh my! I always like the Richard Simmons one, actually. To be honest. Oh, throwback! A classic. Oh, actually, I like yeah. the I like the the latest one because they you know the with the with the little girl with the plane because there's a point in when like they're in the mountain and they're with the Take and that guy goes Take in the wild and then it's just this is my dreams like I just I just can't get it out of my head you know one of those phrases <laughs> Take in the wild. What about you, Helen? Yeah. yeah, I must admit that the one with the little girl and with the, the little tree house. It's it's really magical. That would be have to be my favourite. Rather than, is it Rachel Hunter was in previous ones? I think the the current one is more what I'm into. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. What about you, John? Oh, I'm going for a bit of a throwback. I liked it for the 2015 Rugby World Cup. They had Israel <laughs> Dag and um, Stan Walker do a remake of Men in Black, and they had Israel Dag rapping. I loved it, and this is actually funny. I, I looked it up the other day, and there was a um, NZ Herald article which ranked all the safety videos, and that Men in Black one came 16th out of 16th. I was so upset by it. I reckon it was great. <laughs> I was actually literally about to say that that was my least favourite one. Oh, did you write that article, Jose? <laughs> I didn't, and now I'm forcing us to move on because enough <laughs> of this tomfoolery, but thank you very much. Our second story has a bit of controversy around it. What's the guts, Jose? Right, yeah, so this involves uh, one of the cigarette giants, uh, Philip Morris International, in fact. It's an absolutely ginormous company, something like $80 billion in revenue. They have 77,000 employees around the world. So what's happened is the company confirmed overnight New Zealand time that they had completed their acquisition of a company called Vectora. So tell us what Victoria does. Yeah, so Victoria is based in the UK and it makes medicines to treat lung conditions, including asthma. I think we're going to need some more details around this. Yeah, I will. I will gladly provide them. <laughs> so the uh, the takeover has been on the boil for some time. Philip Morris actually outbid other parties by offering 1.1 billion pounds for the majority shareholding. So um, perhaps unsurprisingly, there's been a lot of opposition to this since Victoria's board recommended investors accept the bid last month. And in fact, just uh, just overnight, a group of charities and health experts they wrote to the UK health minister opposing the deal, arguing it wasn't in the public interest. And in fact, they called it, and I quote, a perver- uh, they called it perverse. The argument from them is that Philip Morris is incentivised to in- increase harm because by pushing their products, more people get sick from smoking-related illnesses than they have to go and buy asthma inhalers or other medicine. That's medicine inhalers that will probably be made by Victoria, at least in the UK. I'm curious to hear Philip Morris's response to all this. Mm, yeah, so uh, Philip Morris says they have a strategy where they plan to generate over half the net revenue from smoke-free products. So what that means is they're moving more into respiratory drugs and e-cigarettes. The aim is to hit that 50% plus target in four years' time. Now, critics say that this is a pretty cynical strategy from Philip Morris um, for obvious reasons, but on their end, the company says it has expertise in respiratory illness, so why shouldn't it move into the field and try and help things that way? So is the deal done then despite all the opposition? Yeah, pretty much. Philip Morris says Victoria investors have until the end of the month uh, to sell any shares left to them. I note that uh, Victoria actually got excluded from sponsoring a pharmaceutical conference uh, after academics involved threatened to boycott the chair of the European Lung Foundation. In fact, said the sale uh, of Victoria was devastating. 
Hey, uh, I'm actually really interested in, uh, in this next story from Helen because uh, it's kind of been a, st- a story that's happened over the, over the week. The Australian graphic design company Canva is now ranked as the world's fifth most valuable startup, which is quite phenomenal. Helen, uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm so interested in this. Isn't Canva what's known as a unicorn? Yeah, that's right, Jose. Um, and just so our listeners understand what a unicorn is in the finance world, it's a name that's been around since the early 2000s, and it describes companies that are privately held and have a valuation of US $1 billion or more. Like the mythical creature, they were typically rare, not to mention hard to invest in, and tended to have runaway successes in the tech sector. Past examples will be, say, Airbnb and Uber. Right, yeah. Though it must be said that, you know, they're, they're public companies now. In terms of Canva, though, um, for those who don't know what it is, it's an app that's used by many of us who aren't au fait with Photoshop, think ready-made templates, posters, that sort of thing. It's been around since 2013, and it's a unicorn that people have been watching for some time. And as we learned yesterday, it's now valued at an eye-watering 40 billion US dollars, and that's after raising US 200 million from private equity backers. So what's all the fuss about unicorns? Unicorns is a trending topic in finance circles due to the fact that they aren't as rare as they were. In fact, there's now probably about 800 plus worldwide. One of the catalysts for investing in unicorns more of late is that we're in a pandemic. So we're talking applications that you and I use online um, or as part of a distributed workforce, think DocuSign, think Zoom, that kind of thing. Canva is in this category because um, it's obviously what you often use at home too. And so like Zoom, like DocuSign, that sort of thing, it's kind of in that realm. And there's a few other things too that are boosting this unicorn space. Um, And it tends to be tech that's a bit more sophisticated than what we've seen in the past. So we're talking artificial intelligence, digital health, and cybersecurity of late. Mm. Are most of these unicorns offshore and out of reach of most retail investors? Yeah, the US has traditionally led the charge when it comes to creating unicorns. And then, of course, we were followed by China. Just this year, though, it looks like India is producing lots and lots. Um, Usually, when you invest in a unicorn, it is pretty much for those connected venture capitalists. um, And they, they kind of have the access and most of us wouldn't. The best way, if, if you're interested, would be to um, look at exposure through public exchanges. In other words, when they lose their unicorn status, when they become public companies. Right. But there is the option, obviously, with, say, exchange-traded funds or um, some of the ASX-listed investment companies and SPACs, which I think listeners may remember from other episodes of Recap. These are these special-purpose acquisition companies, and sometimes these SPACs are set up with the sole purpose of turning a unicorn public. So what are the risks? Sounds like there would be some. Absolutely. There's, as you can imagine, lots of hype associated with tech unicorns, whether they've actually earned it or not. And this sometimes causes many to jump on the bandwagon in case of FOMO. Other commentators also argue quite strongly that the prices are often inflated and the real value is not apparent. The value of unicorns is generally based on how investors, which is usually the venture capitalists, about what they feel in terms of how the company's going to grow and develop. And that's all about long-term forecasting. That's not really how they're going to do financially. In other words, they may not generate a profit for some time, if ever. 
And the other thing often to consider too would be the fact of just like many fast growing companies, they can be a bit unpredictable and they can be affected by regulation, government policies changing, even personal relationships and internal structures changing. But if we get back to Canberra, which is where we started the story, the unicorn of the day, while many are hoping that it will go public, which is what many of them do, it doesn't look like the founders are showing any signs of this at all. In fact, they've said they'll donate part of their holding to charity. Nice one. Thank you very much, Helen. Appreciate the deep, deep dive there. Thank you very much. And that means that's us for today. Thank you so much for listening. That was Recap for the 17th of September. If you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Kakite Anu, we'll see you next week. Matewa. See ya. See ya.